Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And we've been doing a lot of sports recently, so it's time for some comic stuff as we are going to talk about Season 1 of Agent Nadim. Wait a minute, check that. Season 3 of Daredevil is the actual title of the show that we will be talking about. And uh, joining me today, Kevin Miller. How's it going, Kevin? Everybody loves Raymond. Yep. And uh, we got a third guy here to round out the trifecta, Dave Freiberger making his triumphant return. How's it going, Dave? Oh, life is great. All right. Good to have you back. Um, this same trio, I think, discussed Daredevil Season 1 for that is a fact. 10 of this podcast. So here we are some 220 episodes later about to discuss Daredevil Season 3, how far we have come. A little, um, back. A little older, a little wiser. Yeah, a little older, a little wiser, a little better at podcasting. Um, all right. Daredevil Season 3. 13 episodes, I, I stand here with my, I, or I sit here on this podcast with my usual contempt for, for, for 13 episodes and 13 hours of, of these Marvel Netflix shows. It's it's completely unnecessary. Uh, cut some of that uh, unnecessary exposition down and get it to 10 episodes. Um, that said, I uh, really like this one, I think. I, 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 I over, Overall, I think I enjoyed the experience of... of Daredevil season three more than I have um, most of the Marvel Netflix. Uh, what say you, Kevin? Uh, I say the same. I say it cautiously <laughs> because there are still some nitpicks, but uh, I feel like it's definitely like top three, top four. I mean, it's it's a it's a low bar lately, but uh, this is a return to form for Daredevil, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I I think I think I think I have it. Right now, if I had to give my rankings right now, I think I have it as number two. I think I think I have Daredevil season three as number two behind uh, behind Daredevil season one. Uh, really? Yeah, I think so. But that may be recency bias. Maybe over time that will. Uh, uh, maybe over time I'll, I'll realize. Yeah, you know what? Jessica Jones season two or season one was a little bit definitely not season two, but season one was a little bit better. But yeah, I, th- I think I got Daredevil three as the second best series that they put out. What about you, Dave? What were your hot takes on uh, Daredevil season three? Oh, I really enjoyed it. I, I watched it with my wife, and she was constantly bugging me because we, we probably get like an episode or two in a night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I have to work in the morning, and she's on maternity leave right now. And she's <laughs> like, we can watch one more. We can watch one more. And we're, she's doing this like every night. It's like, I have to go to sleep. I can't watch another one. And then she gets mad at me because we couldn't watch another one. And so... She really enjoyed it as well. So a rough week in the Freiburger household. I watched watched the entire series one episode at a time uh, on the exercise bike. So I was actually like, it was actually pretty cool because there were moments where like, you know, they had some they had some good episode cliffhangers where I'd be like, oh, I want to go straight to the next one. And I was like, do I keep going? (laughs) Like just go an extra hour on the bike or. But, you know, I I usually was like, no, 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 I'll wait till tomorrow. And then I'll actually want to get on the bike because I'll be like, oh, I can watch the next episode of Daredevil. So. It's a nice little way to motivate myself personally to keep uh, 
watching. Now, that said, if, if I had tried to do this this exact same experiment with, like, Jessica Jones Season 2, I don't think I would have got anything fucking done. You, you would have gained four pounds? <laughs> yeah, probably. Right? <laughs> chocolate cake. Yeah, I would have been like, you know what? Not only am I not going to work out, but I'm also going to eat this cake in defiance of how bad that series was, right? So I'm going to yeah. start doing with other things. Like, I've decided I like my little watch, you know, an episode at a time, and, and I'm finally, in an effort to continue this, I'm finally going to watch Stranger Things Season 2. Over, yeah. over the course of the next week and a bit. Just, Matt, what's your rating for this season? Well, I give it a minus two pounds. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. That'd be a good way to measure how good it is based on how much weight I lost during the entire series, right? Like, that's, that's, that wouldn't be a bad uh, metric. Yeah. Um, While you were talking about it, Matt, because you were talking about, you know, your nitpick of, like, the Marvel series in general is that they feel like they have to be 13 episodes and that, that they can stand to cut out some exposition, but... Like you say, when you were on the bike and you kept wanting to watch that next episode, I don't feel like there was a whole lot of filler here. No. Like, there was not a whole lot that I'm like, well, they could have cut that episode out. The first two episodes were yeah. really slow. It's, really slow. Yeah, the first, uh, it, it basically... The only one I was going to bring up is maybe the first one that felt like a prologue. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the first one was a bit of a prologue. Some of the, some of the scenes with, with um, Matt... Murdoch. Oh, and we should say I forgot to preface this. Spoiler alert at the beginning of this episode. We're gonna spoil the fuck out of out of Daredevil season three. So if you haven't, and also defenders and and defenders. Yeah, we're coming in late on this though, right? So the yeah, usually we do this like it, it. They put it out on the on the Friday, and then on the Monday we have a pod. So you know we're coming in a little bit late on this because I I was watching it slowly, and and quite frankly, Marvel Netflix has not earned. 13 straight hours yeah earned 13 straight hours of my attention recently and um yeah so there's that but yeah i i like it it the first two episodes i think made me really nervous um because we were spending a lot of time although there was enough of the because basically this entire series harped the greatest daredevil story of all time which was born again uh, Frank Frank Miller's uh, 1986 Born Again. Same Frank Miller put out uh, Born Again, Daredevil's greatest story of all time, and then the greatest yeah. uh, comic book of all time, or the greatest uh, graphic novel of all time, in my opinion, uh, The Dark Knight Returns. He did that in the same year. It was it was a, a Hall of Fame year for for Frank Miller, 1986. Um, yeah, and and who would have thunk it? Taking the the source material from the greatest story for that particular character and adapting that into a television show w- would make a a you know m- make for a good thirteen hours of television, right? Like who who would have thunk that? Which is the problem like we're gonna have with Jessica Jones going forward in perpetuity until it's canceled after they give us the season three, and we'll get into the the Marvel Netflix cancelings later, but. You know, they ran out of material, ran out of source material after Jessica Jones season one there, and it really reflected in that in that incredibly piss poor season two. But they took basically the two greatest uh, Daredevil stories of all time, Guardian Devil and uh, Born Again. And well, I guess Guardian Devil is not really the greatest, but it was an entertaining one that Kevin Smith did. And did that for this entire thing, like all the story about like the relationship with his mother, who turned out to be a nun, and the way. Um, Fisk finds out that he's a that that uh, Matt Murdock is Daredevil. The way Karen Page uh, kind of falls apart, and and there were certain points where I was like, because like the whole crux of Born Again is is the fact that 
the whole thing gets kicked off by the fact that Karen Page is a drug addict. So, like, the entire series, she's kind of, like, falling apart. And I'm just like, oh, my God, when's she going to start doing drugs, right? And then... Well, they, she was popping you know, pills through the whole thing still yeah, as and well. Did, yeah, and they did find a way to kind of do that without actually having her shoot up heroin, right? Um, yeah, I think it'd be really weird for her to do that, being that she was supposed to be, like, a, this strong heroin in it. So that'd be definitely awkward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just... Other than those first two episodes, which was... And some of the... I'll get into the hilarity of, of um, the this this slightly off-model version of Bullseye that they were kicking in this. His origin episode was... was I, ha- I had some, some issues with, with how that was handled. But other than <coughs> those first two episodes, which were really, really slow and exposition-y and made me super nervous, um, other than that, this series was a delight. Which, again, goes back to my thing of why is it not 10 hours instead of 13 hours? Um, what say you on how the pacing was, Kevin? Uh, like I said, I, I felt like the pacing was pretty solid overall because other than that sort of uh, stumble at the beginning, it felt like there was something happening every episode that was critical and not just a repeat of something that had happened before or someone making the same mistakes over and over again. Like That's something we tend to get in in the marvel netflix series i'm reminded even of jessica jones season one which i really liked like they capture and accidentally release the purple man i think three times yeah (laughs) at least three so it's like okay cool so you could have cut out two of those and still had like the one false capture and probably saved yourself two or three episodes yeah uh, so this one felt like, you know, between like the five or six major players that there were in it, there was a lot of stuff happening. Uh, and then I wanted to keep watching as much as I could. Um, once we got into like, once I think once the like shooting started, like the, the shooting at the bulletin, like they usually have their big action set piece that kind of kicks off the, like the sort of powder keg that kicks off the events of the season, uh, season in episode four. Um, once that hit, it's like, cool, I just want to keep watching this entire show start to finish. I, I just didn't have the time this time around. <laughs> I, yeah, the, the fight scenes is again, the fight scenes have been pretty good in, in Daredevil and they were a little less, uh, they were a little more hardcore in this one. A lot of, a lot of punchy, like fist to face and less him flipping around doing flippy kicks and stuff like that. Like they, they oh, way overdid in season two. Um, the complete lack of Electra also is always going to be a bonus for me because <laughs> I just hate that character so much and completely neuters Matt, Matt Murdock every time she shows up uh, in, in comics or or t- television or movies or any medium. It's just one of the worst characters that's ever complete been. Complete lack of her and no, no mention. No one even said the word hand, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, so great. It, 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 was, it was so... Streamlined, yeah, it was it was streamlined so well. The only thing, the only thing, there was no Turk in the in this. Uh, I was gonna bring that yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, there there was no Turk in this. I kept waiting for that, and it, it never happened. Now I couldn't think of a moment where they could have slid him in or at any point, but it was like he he like, you know, we we we've lost Rosario Dawson. How are we gonna lose Turk? You know, <laughs> in the, in these, it's it was a little upsetting. And it's Daredevil. We're we're like we're. Of all the shows for Turk to show up in, Daredevil is the fucking show, right? Like, is I was really hoping that this was... season would not be the combo breaker for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I was going to bring that up because usually, like, in these podcasts, you'll be like, oh, okay, Kevin Miller, you got any final thoughts on this? I was going to be like, where's my Turk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was so, that, that was the, the one thing that, that irked Glad me. Glad I wasn't the only one who noticed. <laughs> yeah, it was the one thing that irked me. Um, Dave, if you had any gripes or anything you wanted to, to say, what would you say about Daredevil Season 3? Gripes, really? You're giving me the wrong thing to talk about. All right, go, go ahead. I, I enjoyed uh, this let's, way too let's much put a pin in gripes then, and, and go ahead and say what was your favorite part of Daredevil season two or season three. Well, I can't believe on how much I was cheering for Wilson Fisk through this entire the entire thing, except for like the last episode. The I'm like, guys, come on, Fisk, yeah. kick their ass. The good guys did not make it easy on you to cheer cheer for them no, at certain points in this with, with some just you, silly decisions. You knew, like. After he gets stabbed in, Fisk gets stabbed in the prison, right? You, you know that the guy's got financial trouble and he goes and talks to Fisk. The second he goes and talks to Fisk, Fisk tells him something that I'm like, well, this guy's totally bought now. Like, yeah. And then they fake the, then they fake the, uh, the shanking where Fisk goes and doesn't kill him instantly. I'm like, um, th- this is all planned. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Fisk, you're my boy. Let's win this thing. I thought that it was just going to be like a throwaway character that, like, this dude Ray, who's like, oh, he's so down on his luck, it's almost cartoonish. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's maxing out all his credit cards. He has to put one piece of ham on every sandwich. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, like, he goes to Fisk. He has a meeting with him, and he's like, oh, I hate my job sometimes. Like, he just, like, gives up. He's like, why don't you just sign this so that I can, like, leave? Like, just really comes across on his luck. Super unprofessional in that moment. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. So this is going to be like a two-episode arc where it shows how, you know, Fisk just gains a person. And that's going to be it. We're not going to see this guy anymore until, you know, until Fisk crushes his skull in episode four. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, I no longer have any use for you. And he just punches him and gets rid of him, yeah. Um, well, you knew, you knew that there was a little bit more to that character because there was a little bit... There's a bunch of character building with him and his family before he went and met Fisk, right? Oh, yeah. sure. But I wouldn't put it past Marvel Netflix to, like, hey, we'll just waste two episodes building up this guy who, you know, yeah. that seems like the kind of film that they would do. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't jaded from that, Dave, because you... you... To you know, to your benefit, I should say, skipped you, out on some of the lesser known. You, you skipped the bad years. <laughs> yeah, you skipped out on Jessica Jones season two. You skipped out on Luke Cage, the back half of Luke Cage season. I don't think one. you've ever heard of Iron Fist. Yeah, and I don't think you've ever heard of Iron Fist. So, so to <laughs> well, your, I knew he was part of the Defenders. Yeah, to your benefit, you you got that. So, you, Miller and I, having slogged through most of that for for the glorious reasons of this podcast, basically. You might be um, a little jaded. Yeah, yeah, we were a little jaded. So when halfway through season or episode one, and very little Daredevil to speak of, we basically got a little, a few shots of him in a church, and then we're sitting at a breakfast table or at a dinner table with um, this like Agent Nadim, who at this point is just some Indian guy to me personally, <laughs> right? Like as as a as a watcher of this show, I'm like, this is some FBI agent who's now sitting around the table with his family, and apparently his sister or sister-in-law, I'm not quite sure, has cancer. And I'm like, why are we doing this? And then he's like telling his son, you know, son, one day we're going to put a pool in this backyard. And his wife comes up to him and she's like, 
we don't have enough money. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, where is Daredevil? And then it was just like, what? And then I'm just like, the, at that point, I started to get extremely, extremely fucking nervous for for the, like the other 12 hours of this show. That I was, I was so on, unfocused like, during that scene oh. that I started wondering if they just reused the same kitchen set from Punisher. Yeah, they probably did too. They probably, yeah, it really looks the same, doesn't it? Well, the layout's similar, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it looked very similar. There was less wood, I believe, yes. in, in, in that than, than the, well, uh, the Punisher kitchen. That we spent a lot of time in, probably too much time. You know, in the kitchen too. from Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> Well-known kitchen. All right, let's talk about one of Marvel's best villains, and uh, one of best villains in the comic books. Who I can't remember if Benjamin Poindexter is is. Daredevil's name. I remember Daredevil's name being like Leonard in the in the comic books for some reason. Bullseye. Yeah, Bullseye. Um, a little off brand with this with this version of Bullseye, but uh, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm, I'm. I was unsure that was Bullseye to start with, but when he started like throwing like baseballs and stuff, I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is Bullseye. Yeah, and and the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, and you had to text me to make sure at some point you were like, is yeah. that supposed to be Bullseye? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be Bullseye. And the baseball stuff, that was that was a tough pill for me to swallow in this one. Although that is, um, I can't remember who wrote that. That is in Bullseye's origin where Bullseye got to the, there was the thing where, in, in the comic books, somebody wrote um, his in his origin. I forget what I forget what uh, the name of the story was, but they wrote in his origin that he was he he was a major league pitcher. Like he got to the major leagues, like bull like Bullseye, the character of Bullseye got to the major leagues, and was pitching a perfect game. And with like one out left, he asked the, he asked the manager to take him out. And the manager's like, "What are you talking about? You got one batter left to get a perfect game. I'm not taking you out." And you know, Bullseye was just like, ah, I'm bored. And then the batter started, like, mocking him and calling him a coward, and Daredevil threw the ball at his fucking head and killed him. <laughs> or, not Daredevil, Bullseye threw the ball at his head and <laughs> killed him. And he was banned from the major... And he was banned from the major leagues. And, you know, but in in this one, it was like, he was a little leaguer pulling a... Uh, throwing a perfect game, and then the coach decides to pull him in a minute, which, side tangent... No little league coach. There, there's a really good baseball. Uh, like one of my favorite baseball writers is Keith Law, and Keith Law has this vendetta against like s- like single A and bantam and little league uh, coaches. Whenever he hears stuff about you know a a little league coach or whatever uh, leaving a kid in to throw like 120 pitches because the kid had a perfect game going when you know, you're 10, 11, 12, 13. You should not be throwing that many pitches in a single day. It's just You'll fucking stupid. Arm. You'll blow out your arm. And these uh, managers are doing it to be like, oh, you know, I, I, I had a kid who pitched a perfect game one day and stuff like that. And so Keith Law, whenever he, re, re, you know, reads those things, I'm just like, you know, whenever whenever he reads a story like that, he, he always tweets like these fucking guys, right, blowing out these kids' arms and, and, and stuff like that. So... I know that no little league manager would have done what that guy did. 
<laughs> like Wilson Fisk, for some reason, also imagined a backstop that's like one foot away from the pitcher's mound. That like, <laughs> that, like I was up. wondering about that. Yeah, that bullseye's able to bank the ball off of the, the thing and kill his manager. I was like, why is the backstop a foot from the pitcher's mound? That was just like, man, that that whole sequence of him like. I, um, I think uh, you're getting hung was, up on little details that, that aren't is a necessarily bit that important. Yeah, I mean, obviously the bigger thing was the grip that he was showing that kid was not how you grip a curveball. That was irritating, but. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah. I do I enjoy the Wilson Fisk Mind Palace, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that was he, awesome. I was going to say, what was your take on that, Miller? Because he basically did the American Indian slash Vin Diesel in Fast Four. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I liked it as a con. I liked right. it as a conceit. It was it was something different than like here's here's Poindexter in a therapy session just telling us the whole story, right? Yeah. I rather like I show don't tell. It's a visual medium. I really appreciated it. And what an what an ultra and it, and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't you know slapped in our faces either True. right like it's yeah. up to you to watch what's happening and put together mm-hmm. that this is like him reading the report on on Poindexter and him sort of visualizing the memories but also sort of building a, a case because you know he never like says what his conclusion is or anything like that he just goes and does his plan I, I thought that it was a it was clever I had problems with him picking up objects within the dream like that got a little inception-y for me there like when he like the baseball that bullseye used to murder his you know little league coach again with the backstop that is apparently one foot from the pitcher's mound he like yeah. he picked up the ball from that memory and like held it i'm like what what is happening right now is he just like dream walking like yeah. in inception or whatever that yeah my my was. thought was and it, it seems like the kind of joke i would write if i had a notepad while i was watching it but it seems like oh okay so wilson fisk in this penthouse is so fancy that he has a holodeck <laughs> yeah that was it was eerily similar to that wasn't it yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but that's all, like, ultra picky stuff, right? Ultimately, it's that's tropey as heck, but it's the right? sort of yeah. sequence that you can see being an issue of a comic, like a whole issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, and what an ultra liberal take by that, uh, by that, uh, therapist who was like, it's not your fault, 12 year old oh, boy. Oh, I fucking right? hated that. <laughs> like, it's Absolutely not your fault, it's your that. parents' fault, 12 year old. It's not your fault boy. that you just murdered this guy yeah i was just like whoa that's a hot take right <laughs> you didn't have to throw that baseball i mean someone had a gun your head and forced you to do it that's yeah, like yeah. boy i wonder what i wonder who enables this 12 year old to become a supervillain. exactly oh god it was so bad clearly his therapist oh my god that was so hilarious who was like recording their sessions which are you know supposed to be cl- anyway again i'm yeah I'm, well I'm, what the one of the things that i thought was clever there. and then because yeah. because part of me like balked at it at first yeah was that you said like you know the thing that you didn't like was wilson fistler picking up the baseball afterwards because yeah. what the hell does that mean but uh when he was like reading what the therapist was writing down mm-hmm. yeah and i'm like well there's no way like that i mean but, but then i'm like no wait that makes sense because like if he's reading these reports he's literally seeing those notes <laughs> yeah that's true so yeah but like yeah him picking up information so we do have to like kind of you know uh, wade through the weeds there on that one and because i had this right? moment where i'm like well you know poindexter wouldn't remember that but i'm like well, yeah but it isn't poindexter who wrote this yeah it, it was it's her. not actually his memory yeah and uh yeah he was he was going through the uh 
the, the, yeah, the, the sessions and, and, and whatnot. And boy, they really held the reveal of, of Daredevil taking that to the, like the pretty much the last possible moment, right? Like when yeah. Daredevil took the, the one tape and listened to it. And then say, like, I, I forgot about it. And then he started talking to him on the phone about Julie or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, killing oh, yeah. the birdies. I'm like, oh, yeah, he took that tape back in episode four or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, one of my minor beefs with the season is from that season finale when Matt's doing all this stuff. Like, he's mm-hmm. stringing up Batman style, that, like, uh, fixer guy. Yeah, Felix, Felix Manning, who was also yeah, yeah. made his debut in the Born Again comic book. Continue. Yeah, he, he does, like, his Batman thing where he strings him up and finds out information about Vanessa, and he does the thing where he's, like, finally using the leverage that he has against Poindexter. And I'm like, hey, why didn't you do this, like, four episodes ago, Doc? Yeah, right, yeah. You, you, yeah. Hey, why is this your play now? Yeah, like, he really, he had three bullets loaded in the chamber, and for some reason he was choosing to throw the gun with three bullets still left in the chamber in, like, episode eight, right? He's like, I'm throwing the kitchen sink. It's like, dude, you have three bullets left to fire. You don't need to get the, like, kitchen sink yet and start throwing it but uh i, I still love the fact that uh, like in while we're on his you know big plays and whatnot and, and firing bullets i love that daredevil's big move to after he lost the first fight to to bullseye in the uh at the the bulletin which was an, uh, an incredible sequence by the way when when the way they framed it and shot it too the way daredevil's like trying to hide in the cubicles and then bullseye it w- would uh you know just come yeah, out like, in, in back frame and bounce things yeah off you would know where he was yeah. like that throw awesome. something off a cubicle yeah, wall that was so well shot and well done and and made me think well how the hell was the rest of this show so fucking terrible right when when we're watching sequences like that that were just really just a lot of fun there were like four or five amazing fight sequences fight in, yeah. in this season yeah but like uh, any time that uh, i mean I'm not super familiar with Bullseye, but I mean, like, I've seen the 2003 movie, and I've seen this. (laughs) And I mean, any time he was in action on screen, I was loving it, because you would just pick up anything and either bank it off something, or or throw it in a weird way, like boomerang it or something like that. There was the shot in the final episode, where there's the FBI agent, uh, the, the, the commander... Yeah, and he like who was has the, the gun that's empty yeah. after he goes to shoot her, and then he like pistol whips it behind him. <laughs> yeah, to knock her out. Yeah, and he threw it with his offhand backwards. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. But that's that's Daredevil's character, right? Like Daredevil and and I, I don't or or sorry, that's Bullseye's character. I keep saying Daredevil. That's Bullseye's character, and and yeah, that's obviously his part of the season. But <laughs> yeah, they're similar to. Uh, uh, Deadshot in the terms of like you know the way Deadshot can ricochet bullets and stuff like that and, and right. Deadshot can do or Bullseye can do the same thing except his other thing is if he can pick it up and throw it at you he can basically kill you with it right is is yeah. his supposed oh, so to be he's, his thing. he's he's like Deadshot and Captain Boomerang <laughs> Captain Boomerang kind of mixed into one there a little bit yeah and, and like Colin Farrell is the best part of that really crappy Daredevil 3, or did that 2003 Ben Affleck Daredevil. He's easily the best part of that movie. And obviously he's, you know, churning in a, a 2003 version of a comic book villain performance where it's just super over the top and, woohoo, I'm crazy, right? And like, but uh, that, more or less what he was doing in that movie is basically, you know, bullseye where he's, you know, bouncing like peanuts off of like the the thing in order to choke some old lady and stuff like that, right? And just you know, like smashing glass and then picking up the glass and frisbeeing the glass with precision accuracy. That's that's 
that's what he does. But in the comic books, he's great because he kills Elektra all the time. And then I'm like, great, she's dead. Now I don't have to, you know, listen to, you know, Matt Murdock. I don't have to, she doesn't have to neuter Matt Murdock and make all the storylines terrible. Um, Elektra don't stay dead. No, she don't. But uh, Bullseye keeps Damn. killing her. So. Voodoo magic. Yeah. So maybe we'll get to see, you know, provided Daredevil doesn't get canceled by the time we put this podcast up, perhaps if they bring back Elektra for season four, we get to see Daredevil or we get to see Bullseye uh, kill her. And they they take like the second best story from Daredevil and and do that for season four. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't get to mention earlier that I I thought it was funny that like Daredevil's big... uh, big move after he got his ass kicked the first time was you know what i need some rope you know he's just basically did the boondock saints where it's like all right get your stupid fucking rope right? <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing go like, back to the muay thai yeah that's his big thing and his dad's like thing is like boy you had that was the other thing that was weird was even when he was like talking to his dad but his dad was also like reacting to what he was doing or he was talking to himself that was the whole thing right? yeah, yeah yeah they right, kind of yeah. cut that out halfway through the series didn't they? Well, it's stop going crazy right the whole reason yeah. he was having these internal monologues right it's true because but i did like in anyone, the first like, couple episodes when fisk was taunting him yeah but he's really there, taunting there were slow episodes but i like those that. sequences yeah and fisk in the white suit so they, they put vincent, vincent d'onofrio in the white suit the entire for pretty much most of the series that was a delight and uh anytime he was on screen it was it was pretty much awesome except for man the the, the scenes where he was talking to vanessa i thought were really weak what, what were your take what was your take on that dave Oh uh, yeah, Vanessa is probably the weakest part of the whole thing. They 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 brought her back way too late. Like she doesn't actually get off that plane until episode like twelve, doesn't she? Yeah, you only see her for like an episode. And yeah, then, an episode. Yeah. She's not even there for halfway halfway through the second second last episode. Twelve. That's when she shows up. Yeah. Episode twelve reunions. <laughs> yeah, and then it was just <sighs> I I had of of what went on in in this series i think my biggest beef besides the you know the slow start is i don't think they quite stuck the landing um well what do you mean in in terms of I, i i didn't buy that fisk all of a sudden was supposed to be trustworthy with what happened at the end where he showed him his face and he's like yeah you're right i am matt i matt murdoch is daredevil let me confirm this to you my greatest enemy who you know has but he knew that for certain when he raided the fucking prison yeah oh yeah i'm uh, true and yeah that and that prison sequence is is another thing that i (laughs) like as as well shot as it was and as as good as some of the fight scenes stuff just didn't make sense just didn't make sense at all. <laughs> like, no, like no, it, it didn't. Storyline wise, so that that was when I started to get a little bit. Uh, I, I was still maintaining my nerves too. The uh, basically, I thought it was really cool, but it didn't oh, make. Yeah. It definitely didn't make a lot of Story, sense for him to do it. Storyline wise, it was fucking dumb, and uh, and because it also led to the thing where the, the prison thing also led to the thing where he passed out in the cab, and then when he woke up, the guy who the, the original cab driver is no longer there, and it was one of Fisk's cronies, and Fisk's crony drove him off the. Off, off a bridge into off the ocean a bridge, or the and river. And it was like, if you had the situation where you were able to take the original cab driver out, and Matt Murdock was so passed out that he didn't notice this cab switch, just shoot him in the fucking head and then dump the body in the river. What do you do? Like that was a tough build. That was, in in terms of like Fisk, the guy who's so well prepared, apparently you know leaves this idiot to be like, I'm just gonna drive him off the cliff. Do it in style. And it was like, oh god, that was. Really bad. So I was still nervous at that point in the series. It was like episode four. I was still nervous, but uh, 
Honestly, once that what I my my fears were alleviated once the bullseye once bullseye that that fight sequence in the bulletin I'm gonna keep coming back to that that was that was so fucking good and that that was when I came completely around on 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 this season first few episodes <laughs> made me really nervous um but yeah I did not like the way he was just beating the shit out of him. Then he goes, all right, I'm just going to trust you not to say anything to anybody or turn this against me in the future. And you already showed that you can escape from prison quite easily and then turn the FBI and they're already in your pocket. And, yeah, and stuff you like can, that. You I, can yeah. accuse Karen of the murder that she definitely did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, but yeah. the, the whole reason, the whole reason, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that Fisk said he was doing was for mm-hmm. Vanessa, right? Yeah, so, I know. And if because, you actually believe him yeah. that he, the only thing he cares about is, mm-hmm. is Vanessa and he, and Matt Murdock has the proof to put her in jail. Yes. He's definitely going to keep his word yeah, until I, he figures out some way of gaining leverage back. Yeah. Or I get up. it, right? Like, I, I bought it. I was like, okay, I'll go with it. I just felt they could have done it a little bit better. Like, they just they didn't stick the landing. It was one of those things where it was like it was a really good performance well, on the balance beam, but when they got off, they stumbled a little bit, but they didn't fall down. Is how well, what right? happened it was, was they backed rush. themselves into the corner, right? Yeah. They backed themselves into a corner where it's like, okay, we've got this awesome finale fight between... Um, Bullseye, yeah, Daredevil, and, them, yeah. and Fisk. Well, we everyone wants to kill fight. the other two. Mm-hmm. How do we end this? Uh, <laughs> I guess they agree not to kill each other. Yeah, yeah. and now he's been fucking night falls. Well, the, the <laughs> yeah. thing, like, if you actually look at it, is it comes back to what originally happened with Matt earlier in the series, where he wanted those two guys to like beat him over the head with the crowbar and kill him where he's just Fisk is just like just fucking kill me I can't stand this anymore right that what that was good yeah 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 I enjoy that right the Vanessa stuff was tough for me to swallow because as we mentioned she'd been there for about three minutes right (laughs) and it's like really like this girl shows up like (laughs) yeah I don't know because it it was weird to me because I'm just like if, if she's this weird weakness to you then, <laughs> but you like have to be with her. I don't know. I, well, that's so, the reason. So, is that like, he, he brought her back. It just like, wasn't he brought well. Her back. Yeah, Sorry, like I get it. It just wasn't well crafted. Is is but like it, it wasn't like so bad that it ruins the entire series for me. It's it just it was a little soft. I thought that that's that's me. That's just one man's opinion, and it feels like Miller shares my opinion a, a little bit. What what say you, Kevin? Is Vanessa a character in the comics at all? Yeah, well, Will, Wilson Fisk has a a because all mobsters have wives, right? Because they have to um, keep up appearances. And yes, v- Vanessa Fisk is a character, but she's not like this. That like she's more fleshed out in this first show, even in uh. three minutes, than she is in the comic. She actually made it. Uh, Vanessa Fisk, I think, made it into a couple episodes of the Spider-Man animated series, if I remember correctly. And I think she like wow. leaves them at the end of of one episode because she's like so pissed at him because he's you know a fucking mob boss i was was about to say can i give you my hot take yeah you know i love a hot take (laughs) uh vanessa fisk is a cia operative in deep cover (laughs) that's what i thought too because whenever she's on the show she's fucking up fisk's game and it's the only way she wouldn't have been found after what like two years of being on the run quote unquote (laughs) yeah you would have to yeah we we would have to say that somebody got to her and flipped her though it can't be like to me it can't be she was already in cahoots when she was already undercover when what's it when when fisk was you know staring at that photo in the uh 
art gallery or whatever when he yeah, first made yeah. her. That that'd be a bit that'd be a bit much for me. But if they said, oh, that, fair enough. Yeah, and, and yeah, While totally. We're on the subject of undercover females. But, I mean, the the police captain or the FBI, whatever she was, that was one of the worst and most obvious. I'm clearly one of the bad guys of all yeah, time. Right. Absolutely. That was ne- like at no point. Did I trust that woman? To, they walked like, into her kitchen, and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, there's fucking plastic and everywhere." And there's plastic everywhere. I'm like, "Well, at least one person's gonna die yeah, here." She's like, "I'm renovating," and Ray Nadim, you know, brilliant Ray Nadim that he is, was <laughs> was like, "Oh, I buy this," you know, "Yeah, you're renovating." Totally, you know how I'm renovating. There's nothing, nothing torn everything. apart, nothing painted. Yeah, huh. literally nothing's taken apart, but everything's got plastic wrap on it. God. Yeah, no, I don't know how. Not a great detective, Ray Nadim. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk about some of the performances. Uh, the new people that came into this show. Um, what was his name? Uh, Dave, what were your thoughts on JLE's performance as Ray Nadim? Ray Nadim? I thought he was fine. He was convincing on what he was. Yeah. Basically, just. He effectively wasn't. Like, this smart guy, he was supposed to be just designed as an idiot. Like, just someone who... A family-loving idiot. Yeah, he was just try. He was a try-hard, is basically right? what like, it was. Yeah. So he was doing his job, and he got blinded by his ambition, and he effectively made up for it by the end. But, like, he, he was he was fine. Like, nothing, nothing negative to say about him. Yeah, I, I like his arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like his introduction. I would have maybe shot those scenes in a different, or, or edited those scenes in a different order, maybe. You like, probably wanted to have him. Well, I don't remember exactly, but was he part of? Like, did you see him working in the FBI before you had that dinner? No, scene? and th- and that, no, he didn't. And that's what I'm saying. I think it would have been good to have him, like, show him first scene is him meeting with Fisk and Fisk telling him nothing. And then you can tell he's frustrated, but he does it. And he, you see him, like, go talk to his family. Then he goes and does it again. Again, gets nothing. But you can tell he's getting more frayed at the edges because now he's got, like, this deadline where, you know, he needs to get this money. And also his boss won't give him a promotion. But, like, show, like, him gradually, like, getting more and more frustrated with his job um, as he has, like, two or three Fisk visits. And finally Fisk is, you know, then amenable to making a deal. Like that I don't would, know. I would, you're, that plus, it would extra. set him up as a person who is trying to do the right thing and is also an FBI agent, and then why his life is so hard. Yeah, you, I think. I, yeah, they but now you're adding a lot of extra stuff, Matt. There. No, no, I, 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 no, I agree with Kevin on this that we should have seen him as a FBI agent. I mean, maybe tighten it up a little bit more, but like, he, but again, Kevin's just spinning well, off the top of his head here. He's not actually. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's true. I agree that. But you, he's, probably he, that yeah, he's 100% correct that we should have seen him as an FBI agent before. Um, we saw him sitting at the table with his family and his cancer sister. And what a what a tremendous performance by the woman who played his wife as the wet blanket wife who always tries to keep her man down the entire time, right? As he tries to make money for his family as a as an FBI agent. Just, I mean, she came through for him at the end, but like the the, the rest of the way, just a a textbook classic straight out of something written in like 1997 as the wet blanket wife, right? Who just like doesn't 
trust her man whatsoever, and anytime he tries yeah, to do you, anything, brings him. You down, get the right? impression like, they've been married yeah. for at least a few years, right? Yeah. Well, how old their son was like twelve, right? So yeah, it's yeah. Not okay, and, and she's like, "You're in the FBI, and you lied to me." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, it's that's like, part you, of the job. Yeah, that's literally one of the job. <laughs> yeah, the job descriptions. If you're a cop, is you need to in order to break people, is you need to be able to lie and stuff like that. Well, right? not even that. It's like, hey, oh, I'm in the FBI. God. I can't tell you everything that's going on every single day. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like I can't share. Like this is literally privileged information that I can't share with my wife, even though we're you know together forever and 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 all that sort of nonsense. But, just but she's like, like you know they're oh, under fire and everything. It's like you lied to me again. It's yeah. like oh yeah, this guy's This guy's hanging by a thread. How about a smidgen of loyalty, right? <laughs> you know, just a just a degree, like just. You can tell that was probably written by dudes, is what I'm saying. Right? Oh, no, absolutely. Right? Like, oh, God, it was so bad. Just I would a, say most of the women in this show were, unfortunately. Yeah, just a horrible, horrible version of the the, the, the wet blanket girlfriend, or in this case, wife. So that was, that was... That kept me going a little bit, though, during those shaky scenes where I'm just like, oh, my God, classic 1990s wet blanket girlfriend. Um, what did we think? Of the Karen Page origin episode, uh, let's start with Kevin Miller. Uh, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have guessed most of that, but I, I, I don't know. I, I do prefer the show don't tell um, mm-hmm. sort of flashback ideas. So, I mean, it's better than her just sitting across the table from Foggy and saying all of it or something. Um, and it was kind of nice to see her in a completely different environment. I, I didn't hate it. <laughs> The guy who played her dad, whose name is completely escaping me right now, played um, Tobias Beecher. He was one of the main characters in Oz. And it threw me in a weird space because Tobias Beecher, when he goes to jail, uh, the reason he was in jail is because he was a former lawyer who drove drunk and ran over some girl and killed her. All right. So each against. So his, his perspective in Oz was, um, you know, he's, he's the, the guy who has absolutely no quote unquote street smarts, even though street smarts is just something dumb people say to, to, so they can use the word smart, but you know, he had, he had no, you know, knowledge on how to survive inside the prison. Right. And he had no backup or anything like that. Cause he was just some dude going to prison. And, the thought of the guy who played Tobias Beecher berating somebody for driving drunk and absolutely killing somebody was super rich to me personally watching that, that when that scene was going on, I was just like, Oh, the hubris of what is happening in this particular scene just was, was, I was just laughing and I was just like, man, I was just laughing at myself. Cause I'm like, God, I'm sick. I'm just sitting here and I can't get past the fact that Beecher who was, you know, constantly raped by uh commit by j jonah jameson in oz right it was just <laughs> telling her it was telling her you gotta get out of here i was just like god, it's that's the marvel funny. universe at work <laughs> i know i was just like god that's hilarious um anyway yeah i i, I didn't mind maybe not an entire episode i, I would have thought again that goes back to my whole why is it 13 episodes and not 10 but yeah, I, yeah, it helps that character, that but in, in terms of flashbacks, I, I definitely preferred the Poindexter one. Yeah, it did. It did get to the thing of just like 
because at the beginning they show Karen Page like dancing around, and and that's like that opening of that episode reminded me like I thought I was watching True Blood again for a couple of seconds because because it, <laughs> it was friggin' uh, Deborah Ann Wool. Yeah, it was Deborah Ann Wool drinking and dancing around. That scene I thought. And, uh, you know, this is going to sound extremely cruel, but that scene I thought made Deborah Ann Wool look about 50 years old. Am I the, o- am I the only one? Because, like, she, she's not an unattractive woman by any stretch of the imagination. But, I don't know, when she was just standing there in that bra after, like, standing around in a bra, dancing around, and, like, it's supposed to be her in, like, her college days where it's like, oh, my God, she's drink, you know, she drank and did drugs in college. Get right out of town. But uh, I don't know. That scene to me, I thought made her look like 120 years old, just because I don't know. It just it just didn't. The way they had her framed and dressing and dancing around, it looked like she was about 30 years older than everybody in that room. And it, it that I just thought could have been cleaned up a little bit. But again, maybe I'm just nitpicking. But that that scene just threw threw me for a loop and they were playing fucking Petey Pablo and stuff like that the one song that they got cleared for this entire for that scene and they go to Petey Pablo there were a couple songs in that episode they had Headstrong (laughs) oh that's right they did yeah (laughs) oh man so which was super distracting in that scene yeah oh um but yeah I suppose that was uh college dorm in 2005 that's probably the type of songs you oh, would have been hearing. Um, I really didn't like that episode at all. At all? Okay. Explain why. It, like you you've had Karen Page for 2 plus seasons, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't need that backstory. Mm, fair. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot explained there that like, I couldn't have assumed. Like the most harshest thing that happened was, is you knew she fucked up huge when her dad wouldn't didn't want her to come home. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, "Can I come home for a little while?" And he's like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> no, not gonna happen. But I mean, I guess we we got the explanation of of what happened, right? But well, uh, and she said that she killed her brother, right? So like, did we? Yeah. Like th- that was that's basically the one episode where I was just like, okay, this is kind of, like it was okay to see, but that that would probably be the only episode I like. Eh. Yeah, like it was fine. Like it, it was, it was fine. <laughs> that, that, was, that was it. It was fine. That's, it that's, was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's all I got. That's, honestly, that's it. I'm like, it was. Yeah, I mean, the, there's. It, it was hard because it's going up against the Dex flashback that we had prior, but we've definitely had worse flashbacks in Marvel Netflix than that. Well, the thing is, is with the flashbacks with Dex made perfect sense because this is a character we've never seen, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on with him. We don't know why this person is this way, why he, they're like, he, he's acting the way he is. And then Fisk is like, oh, well, I'm going to be Wilson Fisk and take advantage of him. So he yeah. got all of the files and everything he could possibly think about. And as he's flipping and reading through it, we're getting to see what he's reading rather than him just having him stand there in exposition, exposition. Yeah. Like it, it was done in a clever way and in a way that we hadn't seen before in this studio. And, uh, it, it was, it didn't, I mean, it was a little ham handed, but it didn't beat you over the head with it. That whole backstory is ham handed. I don't think there's any way around that, but well, you, you had, you had to show it, right? You had to build. Yeah. It yeah. There, there's a, there's better and worse ways to do it. I think they picked a good one. But like this, this Karen Page thing, being that she's mm. been in 
call it 40 episodes of Daredevil. Uh, yep. And how many episodes of the other Marvel series is she's been uh, in? Two or three. Like, like she's she was in what Punisher, right? Yeah, I, she like, wasn't. She was in Punisher, and she was in uh, I think Defenders, Defenders. A couple episodes of Defenders, yeah. Right. So like, this is not a character we're not familiar, like unfamiliar with. Like, this is, I don't believe that this that one episode out of the whole thing when we're talking about it now, like it just didn't need to be there. But I guess they're trying to fill it out. So whatever. Yeah, again, probably another classic reason of, of why these should be 10 episodes and not 13. Um, Dave, yeah. as a Catholic, you must speak <laughs> upon um, the church that they chose to shoot this in, and, and a church that, for some reason, was backlit with what can only be described as Satan's colors constantly throughout this throughout <laughs> this series, right? Like, it basically looked like a church that Satan himself may have, you know, designed well, to lure people there in an effort um, to twist them. Right? Like, are, are you talking about the red stained glass? <laughs> well, yes, it was like, well, but, the uh, only like, red stained glass? The, yeah, it was, yes, the all red stained glass and, well, and the, the, the blood red candles, the blood red halogen lights that were, like, everywhere. The blood well, red tell you... just constant red. It looked like a, a demon church all constantly, It was which I don't know if that was done on purpose to be, like, it's Believe it or not, it Daredevil is. Daredevil colors, but anyway. it's not Daredevil colors. It's actually designed to look specifically like a church. There are some churches from the old Gothic times, mm. like the, the red candle itself. When you go into a Catholic church, yeah, if it doesn't can, have, candles, yeah, if but... it doesn't have the red candle above the tabernacle, it's not a Catholic church. That's, true. That's supposed to be there, mm-hmm. right? Red stained glass. Stained glass windows were is definitely like the church they picked. I think it met Daredevil perfectly, mm-hmm. but it it was totally in line with everything that a old gothic style church would be. It's not like it's they're, they're they didn't miss the mark at all. That's perfect. Like so. the fact that they had, I've never been to a night mass. So maybe just underneath it was the part that was like blowing my mind. So this is like in New York, a crazy old stone church with a crypt, underneath that they actually buried the priest in I'm like what is going on oh, here? yeah that was yeah that was <laughs> yeah that room is yeah. like part crypt part yeah. part storage closet <laughs> yeah <laughs> be like a filing <laughs> cabinet weird. in there <laughs> yeah they yeah they had a part like they and like daredevil's place it was like man they should actually like rent this place out what do they do you know all right like they could have made some money on that feet. kept the church yeah. going for a little church while make a little money on that right yeah um Miller, what did you make of uh, Foggy Nelson's uh, arc during this whole uh, series? Uh, I liked it. Um, I don't know that they should have done more of it, but I think I want more Foggy in general. Mm-hmm. He's just delightful to have on screen. <laughs> yeah. Although, uh, but I-, I liked it more than the season two Foggy, which I don't remember at all. What did was, he do in season two? <laughs> season two was him doing like him and Matt were supposed to be doing lawyer stuff, but. Yeah, Matt that's kept, right. Matt kept not showing up because he was hanging out with Electra, who always neuters him and and makes him make poor decisions. So Matt yeah, that's right. so, showing up. Season so season two him. was all you know, Matt. Come on, we're supposed to be like defending the Punisher. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and Matt's no, like, like, gotta like, go get my dick wet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. With my crazy girlfriend, you know, like it's just like Matt, you got it. Like, come on, dude, you're in your thirties. You know, you're not we're defending the goddamn Punisher here. Yeah, you're not supposed to be dating the crazy girl that like you do when you're fifty. Right. Um, so I, I liked what there was there. I got a very, I mean, there was a lot of similarities to um, the Dark Knight that I found in this mm-hmm. entire run. 
but I got the very Harvey Dent vibe from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit, but it was also we must speak upon the extremely hilarious PG thirteen sex scene that he had with his <laughs> with his girl. Oh yeah, the, the sitcom sex scene. <laughs> the sitcom sex scene, in which she said that the sex was so great, and the sex apparently was so great that they immediately had to get completely dressed afterwards. Yeah, yeah she still had most of her shirt she on. She still had all of her clothes on, and Foggy had put all of his and like I think did his tie up. He definitely yep. had his vest completely buttoned still. Oh, but his, his tie was loose though. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're sitting there talking to Romy about that. I'm just like, wow, that was great, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What I was the waiting sex for. Was so good, we didn't take any of our clothes off. <laughs> what I was waiting for is because the shot is like them on the couch and being like, "Oh, we just had sex and we're fully clothed." I was waiting for like the wide shot where it shows that they're completely nude from the waist down, like Porky Pig in it. <laughs> that would have been all right. That actually would have been pretty funny. <laughs> like Foggy's like, "I need to run for district attorney." Walks up and he's like, "Naked ass." Yeah, you just have bare ass. Like that would have actually, I that probably would have been a high water like high high water mark of the entire oh god i would have died (laughs) god that would have been fucking brilliant (laughs) god that that was so hilarious oh i did like though even though he's given like his uh aaron eckhart harvey dent speech that he like sees karen's not there and he's like shit yeah he just goes holy shit and then leaves yeah that was and everyone comments on it for the entire rest of the season yeah in in the middle of his erudite speech he's just like and furthermore Holy shit! He has to leave, right? Oh my god, I forgot the game! Yeah, that was basically what it was. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot Karen Page! <laughs> it's just like, oh man. That, yeah, that was really good. Um, I mean, Charlie Cox was great as always. Uh, yep. You know, they gave him great material in this one, as opposed to, like, season two, when he was just a mannequin that uh, the electric character could just move from, from, like, room to room as she saw fit. Uh, Deborah Ann Wool, you know, great. Vincent D'Onofrio again. Wilson Fisk was was great. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio is super menacing as Wilson Fisk, and honestly, yeah. every time he's on screen, it's like, okay, put down the phone, stop, you know. Yeah, you like you buy that he's a controlled man that is with it enough to plan all of this stuff and, and stay five steps ahead, but also that he will snap and fucking punch his fist through your chest. Right. Like you, you, uh, you know what I was really, and that's a tough line for? to toe. Mm-hmm. Jenny you know watched really like half for? of an episode with me mm-hmm. and he was on screen. And she's like, is that goddamn Vincent enough? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And she watches for like another 20 seconds. And is like, is he like Marvel's Lex Luthor? And I'm like, kind of. Yeah, basically. Yeah, little, little. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you got the right idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, I, I, and then I was, like, she watched like another thirty seconds. She's like, oh, he's creeping me the fuck. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's super menacing, and it, it's just a joy to watch. And I mean, there were a lot of things that it, it seemed blatant. Um, if I can just sum up this season in like a couple sentences here, because mm-hmm. um, we had uh, season one, which everyone liked. Uh, universally. Um, season two, which um, changed a lot and people didn't like as well, much. No, actually, well, overwhelming, I think there are people. Uh-huh. D- Daredevil season two, I think, is the most divisive amongst the amongst. The, oh, I see. Uh, amongst because the it was both good that. and bad. Well, I just think if you're on board with magical ninja nonsense and, and plots that don't necessarily make sense with magical ninja nonsense, 
uh-huh. you're on board with Daredevil season four. If you're a Punisher fanboy, you're yeah. on board with Daredevil season four. Well, and then this is why it was divisive two. for me, even yeah. because I love the Punisher stuff mm-hmm. to a point. And like those first four episodes were incredible. Yo, they were good. Yeah. The stuff with him on the rooftop that they took straight out of. Uh, yes. God, I yes. can't remember that one, but when Daredevil had the gun taped to his hand and stuff, that stuff is, is as shit as I thought the rest of that series, the second Electra shows up, it ruined that. It killed that series. It, and it, anything and, with and that's what was I mean. Like the Electra yeah. stuff didn't do it for me. I didn't mind the ninja stuff because that was the first time we'd seen the hand basically. Mm-hmm. Other than Nobu, but that was the first time we'd seen the hand, and so it wasn't like, you know, by the time we got to Iron Fist and the Defenders were like, oh my god, enough with the goddamn hand. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. they're not impressive whatsoever. Uh, Yeah, so that stuff is, like, as much as I did not like Daredevil Season 2, that rooftop scene and the graveyard scene, though, like, unequivocally, those are, are... Two, but, I think, Mount Rushmore scenes in the in the Daredevil season in all three seasons. Yeah, but but to get back to my point quickly, um, like this season feels like a return to form, and maybe you yes. two guys can quote me because I said it during season one when we did our review in episode ten or whatever it was that I really like Matt Murdock fighting in like the black uniform with like the scarf over his face. I really like that look. Yes. More than I like like the red Kevlar with the devil horns and the redded out eyes. And to have him even just return to that for the entire season was rad to me. Yeah, you yeah. like that. That felt like a step backwards to me. For, but I was I was cool with it because it made sense in the plot line of the show because he lost the fucking suit. Right? So I, I just like, preferred right, aesthetically. Yeah. And to have oh, Poindexter, yeah, yeah. a guy who you want to punch in the face anyway, wearing yeah. the red devil outfit. I'm yeah, like, rad. Was, I like that was, too. Yeah, when he was in the suit, there was something about his chin. That just made you want to be like, oh, oh God, yeah. I hope this guy gets punched. Even though Bullseye's one of my all-time favorite characters, but mostly... There was a moment, no, the, the thought that I had was I seeing his chin in that yeah. Red Devil uniform. Yeah. You were just by, like, oh, I oh, he he's Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, you are just like, oh, I hope he gets it, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was, it was just Cyclops. like, yeah. He just had this punchable chin. He, I thought, we, 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 we can discuss uh, uh, Wilson Bethel's performance. He did not do great in what I thought were some of the more like emotional scenes that they were asking him to do. But, um, I bought him as a guy who's desperately trying to hold it together. Yeah. But <laughs> like, uh, you can tell that he's not emoting speci- like on purpose. Right, like yeah. he's like doing it accidentally and trying to then catch himself. When, when he cut it loose in that last episode and just went like full bullseye and he was like driving the, the frozen corpse of the, woman that he liked who was oh, yeah, just yeah. had killed and was just like that's tim he's one of the good ones and then got up on stage and was like i just want to say that julie and i hope you're together forever and then whipped the thing and tried to kill vanessa with the microphone that he just said that into i'm like that's fucking bullseye bullseye's a guy who would say something stupid like that and then try to kill uh, the woman you love, because yeah, the the does. shot of him yeah. in the truck next to the frozen corpse of Julie, I'm like, that is straight out of a comic book. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it was total. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was so, but I I enjoyed it because then because he he felt so off brand bullseye to me, um, up until then because he's like taking orders from Fisk and stuff, and I'm like, what? This is not the bullseye I signed up for. Taking orders from people? That's not what he does. He's crazy. Right, like, and, it it and, did uh, seem awfully quick yeah. that he went from like I'm going to eat half of Wilson Fisk's lunch to I'm now <laughs> yeah. doing his dirty work. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it was good though. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought he, he was good. I mean, do we any performances that I'm missing? I think we kind of hit on the major ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think we hit on all the major ones. I mean, there were, there wasn't anybody, any of the minor characters who who showed up and were like <laughs> so terrible that it ruined a scene or anything like that. Um, no, no, no. We missed Turk. <laughs> yeah, we missed R. Turk. Turk. Yeah, R. Yeah. If, if Turk never comes back, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upset. Although it might be R.I.P. Marvel Netflix before we all know it. Um, before we get into that, though, uh, Miller, why don't you say what your favorite uh, part of Daredevil season two or season three was? Oh, that is a good question. I think for me, it's between the Dexter flashback that Wilson is walking through just because I like it as a clever conceit and as a way that we haven't seen the flashback done and done and done again on this in this studio. Um, and or that first office fight scene that you're talking about, Matt. Yeah. Um, the, the, the unbroken 11 minutes, one-shot uh, prison fight scene that they did this season, mm-hmm. I think might be the weakest of the three. Yeah. It's but I appreciate the, the novelty yeah. of having it be Matt and not Daredevil. I think it's the weakest of the four, because the big four action sequences they had this year, I would say, unless I'm forgetting something, are... Oh, sorry, yeah. no, I, I mean of the, like, one-shots. Like, every every season, like, they did the hallway scene in season where, yeah, one. Yeah, where they try to make it look and like... And the elevator one. scene yeah, in season yeah, two, yeah. yeah. One yeah. continuous shot kind of deal. Yeah, well, it's obviously not one continuous shot, but they do try to... Cause, you know, they they, they edited it very well. Right? There's, there's, it was like yeah, 12 minutes. Yeah, but it's brilliant. Yeah, the hallway fight scene in, in season three of episode one still remains the, the gold standard. Okay, that's the crowning jewel still. Yeah, um, but if correct me if I'm wrong or, or, or remind me if I'm forgetting something, but I believe that there were four big action... Four big fight sequences in this entire series. I, like, there was more fight scenes, but there were four big fight sequences, and those were... I believe this is the order. There was yeah. the jailhouse fight scene. Yeah. Then there was the fight scene at the Bulletin. Then there was uh-huh. the church fight scene. And then there was the three-way fight in in the finale. Um, Dave, why don't you go I, ahead and rank those four for me? I would also quickly give a .5 fight scene to when uh, Nadim and uh, uh, Murdoch were breaking out of uh, Poindexter's apartment. Yes. That was I don't fun. know if that, that's not really a fight scene. Yeah. No, 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 but it was like it was an action bullets, scene yeah. and had all that Daredevil goodness, or sorry, Bullseye goodness that I enjoyed. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had to rank those four, what order would you go, Dave? Uh, yeah, the uh, the fight scene at the end was very well done. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably put the fight scene at the end, the final fight scene, because it was, it was definitely really good. And then I'd go to the... Oh, man, it's tough. It is. <laughs> because um, the bulletin was really, really well done as well. I'll probably put the bulletin too, then the church, then the the uh, the jail because like I don't think the jail really needed to be in there at all because there was no consequences to that at all. <laughs> and it made our hero look really stupid. I think the entire way, right? Yeah, but, uh... like so there was the the out like the information that they got really led to the bulletin scene like it had... oh, didn't actually well yeah it did because they said oh he's out walking free but they could have got that information somehow somewhere else that didn't make didn't seem so dumb yeah there, where there he's like oh i'm gonna rob foggy nelson and steal his fucking bar id to break into this jail to talk to a guy 
that he's going to set me up with this other guy. And then once you realize that, oh, I'm not doing it. And then just by the luck of the draw, I ended Somehow up all worked out. meeting yeah. him anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then like not Homer. dying on the way out. Yeah, it was like Homer. All, I'm going to hide in a pile of coats and then hope that somehow everything works out. <laughs> it's it a little convoluted. So, yeah, that's I would definitely put that below even them running away from Poindexter's apartment. Because, like, it just didn't, like, yeah, it was kind of neat, but it didn't make sense. Did Was Matt Murdock really that, like, is this guy a lawyer? Is he really that dumb? <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, some of that sequence was tough to swallow. Uh, how would you rank the Force uh, action sequences, uh, Miller? Uh, similarly, I would put Bolton above the uh, three-way fight, though. That's yeah. that's the only difference. I would go Bolton, three-way finale, uh, Church, uh, Nadim, fire escape, and uh, <laughs> then uh, uh, prison fight scene. Yeah. But all that said, like, even the prison fight scene, I would put it, like, a six. Like, yeah, nothing's true. awful. Yeah, we're, we're picking nits here when we say that. One thing we did the, forgot to bring up. The thing up... that did it for me with that fire escape scene, scene, though, and the reason I bring it up at all, because I do enjoy, like, any time that Bullseye is in an action situation, you see him grabbing stuff to throw. Mm-hmm. He hears Nadim and Murdoch arguing in his apartment about whether yeah. they should kill him, and he, like, pulls some crystals off a nearby chandelier, and you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Some shitty plastic <laughs> hallway chandelier, yeah. He's like, let me just I get I think they were you. glass, weren't they? It, it sounded it like matter. glass, like that was tinkling, but it wouldn't matter. It's Daredevil; he could kill, or it's Bullseye; he could kill you with plastic or glass. One, but even like halfway through that bulletin yeah. scene, you can tell that they've sized each other up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the point where it's like, okay, well, clearly Dex is better at range, and and Matt's better in melee. Like, it, it, and they're both trying to then manipulate this ridiculous, you know, cubicle battlefield <laughs> to to suit their needs. And then, you know, doing the bank shot, like, you know, around the corner with, like, a, like a I don't know, someone's desk tchotchke. I think it was a globe, <laughs> it was a, right? Yeah. A, I think there was a stapler at one point. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he picked up a red, li- a red swing line stapler at one point. And he stabbed and, uh, him with some, he threw yeah. some scissors into him. He burned the house down. <laughs> and he burned, burned, set fire to the building. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, like, even that, and then, like, Matt adapting to that and, like, starting to throw, like, handfuls of, like, sheets of paper so that he can draw his fire and... Which he does in the fire escape scene as well. He like throws the newspaper and makes him shoot at the mirror and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, we must discuss Joanne Wally's character because we didn't talk a lot of Sister Maggie early, uh, early in this thing. Uh, I thought she was good. I thought that the uh, young woman they cast to play the young version of Sister Maggie looked exactly like her, which yep. <laughs> was so so much so that it was actually scary. Um, yeah, I, I thought she was great, and I thought she had some really good scenes. Her her meltdown scene with Karen Page in the park, I thought, gave her her strongest performance. And uh, but I, I the scenes with her, maybe it's just because uh, Sister Maggie is is a is is a character from Born Again uh, that uh, I tolerated a bit more. But I found her scenes where it was just him and her one on one. I I thought that they had more pathos than when he was sitting around talking to uh peter mcrobbery as uh as the priest as as father i can't even remember father whatever lantham Lantham, yeah um i thought those scenes way to i thought those scenes were a lot better than when whenever peter mcrobbery was one-on-one with with charlie cox i thought those some of those scenes were weak to me i think so too um 
I would say that they what can't I all like great, though, most but. about Sister Maggie was the... It's a very quick scene, but it's the point where it starts to redeem uh, Nadim. It starts to redeem Nadim. Nice. Uh, <laughs> when she just, like, goes to him. I was like, like, she can figure out between the conversations that she's having as, you know, quote-unquote innocent bystander nun mm-hmm. talking to Nadim and Poindexter, and she can figure out, like, no, what they're saying isn't actually true, and Maybe she just calls him out. Like, do you consider yourself to be a moral person? And he just that like that's the moment you can like see it in his face, where he's just like, I need to you know stop just going along with this because it's the you know see my family safe. I need to continue to do the right thing. There weren't a ton of Easter eggs. I mean, they saved the biggest Easter egg for the last ten seconds of the fucking series when you saw. Uh, and even then, the line was so telegraphed, right? Oh, yeah. Like, nobody talks like this in, in the middle. Like, if you're in the middle that of That last scene was awful. <laughs> well, I didn't mind it, because, like, cause, but they, cause, like, that happens to Bullseye in the comic books. Because um, uh, Do- Dr. Oyama is actually a, a character. He's uh, uh, Yuriko, uh, who's Lady Deathstrike. That's okay. her dad. And oh, okay. he developed a lot of the technology that... You know, he that turned his daughter, that gave her da- his his daughter like giant adamantium claws. Oh, I'm so, not even talking about that scene. But <laughs> okay, see, sorry. No, he's yeah. I'm talking about just the scene where when when you see Bullseye lying on the on the thing, right? It's getting his spine operated and he's on, getting right? His spine operated because he had all on. his vertebrae. Oh, I'm talking about the scene before Shrap. that. My bad. And, all right, so we'll, we'll we'll put a pin in that, Miller. We'll come back to it. But I'm talking, but like the line that I'm talking about that was so telegraphed because nobody talks like this in real life, right? Like was just. You know they're they're putting it together and the two doctors are like kind of arguing even though they're in the middle of the surgery. So I don't know why the doctor is the, the other doctor is like bringing up the fact that they're he's like it's never gonna work and it's like yeah, you're literally I, operating I on him. Like what too. are you like, doing? Just right? Like shit saying right from the beginning. Exactly. But he also turns to him and goes like, I just don't think this is going to work. Pause for dramatic effect. Doctor Oyama, <laughs> right? It's like nobody <laughs> refers to somebody like you know. Like I would never say that to you in in conversation, Kevin. Right? Like I would never go. I don't think this is going to <laughs> <You> work, <did. laughs> Kevin Miller. Right? Like, like you just you don't talk like that, right? It's just so like it was just such a hilariously telegraphed line. But yeah, like that's like the one Easter egg is that uh, friggin' Lady Deathstrike's dad was uh, operating and presumably giving him you know an adamantium spine. Which, you know, they, they do a little bit of that where, where he seeks out Bullseye and gives him, like, I can't remember if he changes some of his bones to adamantium. It's been years since I've read that. But he definitely fucks with Bullseye is, is, all, that, uh, is all that matters to make him stronger and more awesome. And uh, that was just a weird... Because they did not go Easter egg heavy because they were basically doing Born Again pretty much verbatim. So, like, the whole series was basically an Easter egg, right? I like but, the implication uh, <laughs> of having spine surgery gives you different colored irises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah, that was a little. That was like, like I was like, whatever, let's go with it. Did you not have blue eyes? Or did they change during that surgery? Well, he had bullseyes the, on his irises. Yeah, they gave him the bullseye like look too, right? To be like, he had, like oh, he's hot going topic to be... contact lenses. Exactly. Yeah, oh, was, I didn't even yeah. notice that. That's yeah. terrible. Oh but God, I was like, I was like, that's I, my literal thought when I saw that was that's ridiculous, but I'll go with it because I fucking love bullseye. I'm I was I was literally like Chang in that one scene where I was like, hmm, 
I'll allow it. <laughs> right? like, or basically any law and order uh, judge where I was like, I'll allow it, McCoy. But uh, you the watch the joke step. that I was going to make was like, like, you know, they never say it at the, in the, in the season, but like, you know, like clap your hands. Be like, I knew it. She was cable all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, good. So what, what scene were you referring to earlier? Malik? Uh, I was referring to the end when everyone's chill and happy and Matt is suddenly this like chilled out bro and they're yeah. all hanging together at the deli and they're like, eh, you know, you're still a better investigator than Jessica Jones, nudge, nudge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she will be canceled soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> Make the references that, while you like, can. That, that whole scene where it's like, like, let's have this idyllic ending, even though we hated each other two episodes ago, and now Matt's suddenly a cool dude, and we're just gonna gloss over the point where he was about to murder someone last night. And <laughs> well, it's because they successfully completed their goals, and now they don't need to worry about it, right? <laughs> no, I know. It just felt very much like if there was like a freeze frame, like someone tells a corny joke, and they yeah. all like laugh and freeze yeah, frame, high five, or something laugh, like that. Freeze frame, yeah. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, yeah, did it. And then, like, the MASH theme starts playing. Uh, oh, Spock, we'll make a human out of you yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, man. All right. Uh, let's do the overall grades before I, I ask us a couple of questions, and then we'll get out of here because we're already over an hour. Uh, Kevin Miller, overall grade for Daredevil Season 3. Uh, I am down four pounds. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Dave Freiberger, overall grade for Daredevil Season 3. Oh, it's definitely an A-. minus. Like, it's up okay. there. It's right. pretty good. I'm going B+. Plus. Um... Kevin Miller, do we get a season four of Daredevil? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I think Daredevil is the tentpole of this franchise. I think that... I, I would put money on it, but it won't be on Netflix. Uh, it's possible. My... Netflix, I don't know if this is true, because I don't, I don't really understand how they're... Netflix algorithm works, but for whatever reason, Daredevil did not show up on... I don't know if you guys experienced this. Daredevil, when it came out, did not show up on my main title screen. Yet some new uh, Adam Sandler stand-up apparently did, which I was personally insulted by, because I I, I think if, if... In 2018, I think if you find Adam Sandler funny, I think you are of very limited intelligence. So I actually was offended that they put that in. So I don't know what algorithm netflix is using right now well let me go through the, the my reasoning why yeah. all of these other shows were canceled besides them not being good yeah well well yeah like iron fist like people talked about iron fist and they were coming up with all these reasons of oh you know netflix is giving up on them and and disney wants their properties back and i was just like the show just wasn't fucking good <laughs> like like sometimes well, bad shows get canceled right like most bad shows don't get a second season and iron fist got a second season which was also bad well, Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney Tell me more. <laughs> Disney next year is launching mm-hmm. a Disney 2020 only. Twenty twenty is not that far around. Twenty twenty is the day of reckoning for the or is the year of reckoning for uh for the cord cutters. Well, no, they're they're launching. Disney's launching a streaming service. I know. Because they, they so, already announced they got their Loki show and they got their Scarlet Witch show and they got their yeah. whatever show. So now and... they're they're canceling uh, all of these things and Netflix is like, oh shit, we're just gonna start cutting. They're gonna have to cut ties because Netflix is gonna have to start producing its own content because 
Disney's going to put all the stuff on their own streaming service, and they're not going to license it out. Oh, I know. That's why I say 2020 is the year of reckoning, because that is when Marvel or Netflix, I believe, loses all of the IP that they have. They lose Disney, they lose Fox, they et cetera, et cetera, Warner Brothers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and so for all the people who back in, in twenty, all the people back in 2017, well, they're not in trouble because they do have a lot of shows and they're also still a billion dollar company, and which is why. Netflix is like reasons like that is Netflix is very much aware that 2020 is the year of reckoning and which is why you can pitch a show to Netflix and they'll give like any show and they'll give you at least five episodes because if it's a hit, they've got it right. Cause they've got other shows that are theirs. Like big mouth seems to be doing pretty good. That, uh, animated, I'll miss that you Nick son Crow, of Zorn. Yeah. That Nick Kroll animated series and whatnot, right. seems to be doing good. So I don't think Netflix will be starving once 2020 comes. The, the, oh, the, probably not. They do. The have reason it's stuff, the year but... of reckoning is because all the cord cutters who back in 2016, 27, who thought they were smart and cut their cable, the chickens are going to come home to roost on this because if you have to pay seven bucks a month for Disney, for Fox, for CBS, for Netflix, for Amazon, for yes, Warner yes. Brothers, etc., etc., guess what you're back to? Guess what you're back to? Cable packages, back to a cable. <laughs> streaming packages. Like so, it, it was like enjoy it because you only got about a year. You only got about 13 months left of this before the chickens come home to roost on, on the streaming services. Well, well, we're not sure at this point with the whole situation, but that that's the, the logical business decision from mm-hmm. – ne- well, besides the fact the shows were not good, yeah. we're getting canceled. Well, yeah. Which... Was, I just – like Luke Cage – like Iron Fist got canceled, and first off, it shocked me because I didn't know that Netflix actually canceled shows because, you know, they again, they'll buy anything. But, well, they do. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But I, but I just Sense Eight, and I'm very, I'm still salty yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You said that they canceled Sense Eight, but I had never heard of Netflix canceling a show. So when I got that, like, and they did the thing where, like, if you watch enough sports, well, actually, it's not even really a sports thing, but it's a news thing. But I, I noticed it mostly in sports, where if you have something that you want completely, you when you have bad news to deliver that you want completely buried, you deliver it at like eight, nine o'clock on a Friday night, because everybody's gone home. And then the weekend comes, and by the time it's Monday, everybody's fucking forgotten about it already. And Some idiot tweets something, and you've got something better to talk about. Right, and, and exactly. And it's, uh, yeah, so, and like, and that was a model back in 2005 before we had Twitter where <laughs> you can say something, and then 10 minutes later, somebody else will say something stupider, and they've already forgotten about you. Um, they did that with Iron Fist, where they announced that they were canceling at like 10 o'clock at night on a fucking Friday. And I was just like, whoa, I didn't even know they canceled shows, but also I was. Yeah. Super well, and it was almost exactly a week later that it was Luke Cage too, right? Yes, it's same thing. Because Friday night, I came through Barry. You and I had brunch, and then like later that day, Luke Cage was canceled. Yeah, Luke, Luke Cage. Luke Cage was a little more shocking because I I thought that they had there. It was a bit more because there, there was the culture. Because I thought season aspect, two was right? better. I don't know if we were yeah. in the minority there. Yeah, I thought I thought season two was better. Plus, there was also the cultural aspect that I thought that they were they were, you know, tapping into with Luke Cage as well. But you know. Everybody. I don't know. <laughs> Black Panther made them a billion dollars, exactly, and they killed him right? two months later. <laughs> true, but you know that was obviously that was already in the books. We could, before they oh, were true. like, boy, they made a shitload of money on Black Panther. <laughs> like, but, but yeah, but I, I, there's just no way. Like Jessica Jones, this, honestly, I fully expect that like they're gonna they they, they release Jessica Jones season three because they've already got this shot, so there's no way they're gonna cancel it. Like in in my dream world, they release Jessica Jones season three at twelve oh one Friday morning of whatever week. Twelve oh two, I want the announcement that Jessica Jones has been canceled by Netflix, right? Like like one minute later, I want the thing that it's just like, 
okay, we've already shot this, so here's the horrible 13 episodes that will be Jessica Jones Season 3. And and that's it. And I'm also going to shoot my shot right now that I'm going to say Jessica Jones Season 3 is, is somehow going to be worse than everything Iron Fist has given us so far. Like well, that, Jessica Jones Season 2 already was. Yeah, you think so? I I, I, I still, do think so, yeah. yeah. it's it's a debate whether or not... No, Iron, remember, we, did, we discussed this, and my whole point was at least Iron Fist Season 1... Yeah. Had that one fight scene. I remember True. nothing from season two of Jessica Jones. Yeah, Jessica Jones. I can't. There wasn't one moment where that was pleasurable to watch, I don't think. Honestly. Yeah, so you know what? Maybe Jessica Jones season two was where. I, I just. I kept coming back to, like, fucking up Jessica Jones season two makes sense to me. Because no, they have no source. Because they have no source material. So that's, that's a little bit more forgivable to me than fucking up Iron Fist, <laughs> who's a kung fu guy who fights a dragon. And it's just like, don't fuck that up. Just do martial art. Like. Have him do martial arts and have him fight a dragon, and you're fine, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you're fine. People will watch that story. Jessica Jones season two. I was like, duh, right? Like they're doing a well, Jessica Jones season two. They have no other source material. But yeah, it was it was. But yeah, I'm gonna shoot my shot and say that. Uh, have Jones you heard the, the third weird. theory about these uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Besides, it's gonna move to Disney streaming, and it just uh, wasn't good. I haven't. I assume you're thinking that they're going to do a Heroes for Hire show. Yeah. Pair them up and do a Heroes for Hire. I haven't heard one word from a reputable source. I've only heard fanboys theorizing. Peter this. say, yeah. I, it, it's go. only been, I haven't heard one shred of evidence from the net. Maybe <laughs> it's out there. I just haven't seen it. I But it to me, it's all been fanboys going, great, now they can start the Heroes for Hire series. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a credible series. theory, but I yeah. think that is, it is a theory. Yeah, <laughs> and it I want certainly to is a theory. Well, they're literally Heroes for Hire now. I've seen that meme where, where it's like they are they are literally Heroes for Hire because they have both been fired. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so it'd be, it'd be one, it'd be like one-off episodes for 13 episodes with 13 different, like, people. No, deal? no, they're, they, Luke Cage and in the comic books, Dave, the heroes for like Luke Cage and Iron Fist are team up and they are literally the heroes for hire. Like if we need help, like if if in the comic books, if the three of us run a local comic book store and like fucking Turk comes to our doorstop and tries to squeeze us for protection money, we can go down the road to hire some the, other protection. The heroes for hire offers and say, hey, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, here's like whatever amount here's eighty dollars like eighty bucks can you guys go like beat up turk for me because he's trying to squeeze us for protection money and they'll go there's 30 that. bucks and half a meatball right? so yeah now obviously they they tell much better stories than what i pitched in the comic books but but that's that's the gist of it is they are literally heroes for hire like you can walk up to them and, and hire them to do something and uh, right? well that sounds pretty dumb no it's actually well they've already sort of made the way I odds it. to it in luke cage well, we shall see. Yeah, not great. Um, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast, Twitter account at empire 6 And if you want to email us, contact at thecrossoverpodcast.com. Please review us on iTunes, five stars only. And as always, you do not have to, da- uh, to listen to this podcast, but please, please download, because the downloads boost our numbers. Um... I don't know when we're going to release this, so I don't know exactly. I assume it will be after we have talked football this week, so good luck. Happy New Year. There. We'll be back next week talking uh, – well, it won't be that far. We'll be back next week talking about football at the very least from whenever this gets back for the sports side. I don't know. I want to say the next nerd thing or the nerd-esque related thing that we're going to be talking about 
unless I'm mistaken, I think, Kevin, you're going to be back on here talking Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald with me. Yeah, it is coming around the corner. I I, apparently early reviews are very positive. Yeah, we're like two weeks away from that. Man, like the Johnny Depp thing is going to be really hard for me to. I have a lot of issues with that movie, and I could even record like a mini episode. Namely, none of the way that they are. I don't know. I don't want to get into a whole thing right now. But what I'll just say is the way they've framed him, I in no way believe that that Dumbledore, that that Jude Law, and this version of Johnny Depp would have sexual chemistry. That's here's just, here's we'll what see. I'll say in like we'll two see. sentences because it's not yep. what this podcast is about. No. Uh, Harry Potter series started to be written in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a product of the early nineties. It became far more popular than I think J.K. ever thought that it would be. Um, and unfortunately, for it being a product of its time and for the small scope that they imagined it would have. It's not the most socially responsible. Uh, they've done a lot since then to try to retcon shit in, and the more they try, the I think the harder they flub. The idea that now this Asian actress who's in the movie uh, portraying basically a cursed monster who is owned by a man is problematic. <laughs> And uh, is just the, the latest on a list of, you know, I mean, if Johnny Depp is second billing in your movie, I mean, in 2018, it's just a shame. We yeah. all want to love Harry Potter, but it, they just, the more they try to make things relevant for a wider audience, it's, it's I feel like they're just digging themselves a deeper hole at this point, and I don't like it. <laughs> I said it on the Fantastic Beast pod. I've probably said it on a couple other pods, but they just they ne- they they should have kept Colin Farrell over Johnny Depp. Never never should have valued Colin. Farrell I definitely agreed, Depp. and I, I said to you then. I kind of hope that Colin Farrell's character, like Matt I. Moody in the original series, was just locked up in a trunk for the year, and yeah. now he's going to become a series regular. Uh, that there's no indication of that no. at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like it's going to go down like that, which is a goddamn shame because the man had perfect, perfect hair in that movie. Perfect hair. <laughs> perfect um, hair. Yeah, so that's it. And uh, so we'll we'll be back eventually. We're going to keep talking foot, uh, football, obviously, with Bill and Craig. So keep keep uh, listening to those, please. And uh, we'll be back talking um, Crimes of Grindelwald. And then not too far after that, I believe, we've got... Um, Aquaman is like a month away, so uh, so I, I can't wait for that. They're already trying to tear that one down with like saying, I don't know, somebody somebody wrote an article saying that it's only going to make like twenty million opening weekend, and I'm like, how could you possibly fucking that know is that? not like, come on? Like, how could you possibly fucking know that? And and that was like three two weeks ago. I remember reading that, and they're like, it was like early box office projections are that it's only going to make twenty to forty million over opening weekend. I'm like, how could you possibly fucking know that two months before the movie gets released? Like just clickbait nonsense right anyway, i'll give it a shot yeah I, i'm i'll be there opening weekend easily for, for fucking aquaman i'll watch it because i'm a glutton for punishment when it comes to the dceu <laughs> oh i could be good who knows um, nope <laughs> oh geez shooting your shot are you all right i am yeah i've said it over and over again that trailer looked like it was a sequel to reboot well, we'll see. You, I, I'm never going to behoove someone from shooting their shot on this podcast, so you, you do you. Um, that's it for this week, and we will talk to you next week with some football stuff. But uh, take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Let's take some calls from the request line. Call number one. Hey. 
What's up, Dominique? I want to hear that song for little yeah. Charlie P. Pablo. All right, I got that coming right up for you. Now, shout out to the radio station that gave you what you wanted. W Boom Boom Beat Battle. What you doing from the front? What you doing from the back?